Hello, and welcome to Marking Out with My Girlfriend. This is my girlfriend, Erin. This is my girlfriend, Kat. And... I forget the intro because we haven't done this in a while. That's a lie. Sometimes we forget that it's all a word. Now you start to work our fans. What the hell? We wait. We're, we're saying we don't work our fans. We don't tell them. The intro is no. The intro is always shoot. It's never worked. It's just me riffing. It's yeah. I basically just let Cat go for however long she wants. <laughs> so anyway. Um, what kind of wrestling do we got to talk about? Um, before we get to the wrestling, sorry. Before we get to the wrestling, for those of you tuning in live, today's music was provided by Jandek off of the album Rocks Crumble from 1983. You can buy Jandek's music from corwoodindustries.com. There you can buy a one-disc CD, one CD, bleh, a one there you can buy a one album cd for ten dollars two discs for 14 six discs for 27 or nine discs for 34. that said the discography is significant it starts with 0739 and goes to 0850 the man does not stop he just continuously putting out music now um he has been since the 70s. Jandek is incredible. And I encourage everyone to just like, when you're in the right mood, put on like three hours of Jandek. Some of it played simultaneously. Where can we find that playlist? Uh, so if you go to WFMU.org and go to the show page for Prove It All Night with Pat Byrne, You'll find an archived playlist from July 1st, 2017. That is three hours of them rating every single Jandek album. If you go back far enough, there's also an episode of Prove It All Night that I called into under my dead name, but I won't tell you which one. <laughs> See, this is what I really love about Dating Cat is... Cat already listens to all the weird music, mm -hmm. so I don't have to explain it to her when mm -mm. I turn something on. <laughs> yes, yeah, Susie Hot Rod does have a WFMU show. There's a lot of really cool people who have had WFMU shows or currently have WFMU shows. This is not a podcast about WFMU, but I will talk about WFMU nonstop if you let me. I mean, we probably could do one of those. Probably? It would be silly, and we'd probably only do one episode, but that would be very much in the style. Yeah, we could probably do that. I mean, like, wait, realistically, realistically, we could probably do an entire. We could probably switch from wrestling and make this just a. Aaron plays the straight 
person while Kat talks about the weird thing that Kat is fascinated with for the week podcast? I mean, we could. I still like talking about wrestling, though. That's fair. So let's talk about wrestling, then. Specifically, okay. let's talk about what happened in wrestling, say, at Polyam Cult Party 3. Ooh. So decisive. Yeah, the third Polyam Cult Party event happened a few weeks ago. And it was a massive show. It was incredible. It rained. Like, I I had to, why did I have to, leave? I had to go hang out with friends in person. Yeah, that's weird. I don't do that anymore. Well, welcome to come up here. I'm really not because there's a stay-at-home order. This is home, kind of. If people are allowed to go to their other homes, like their vacation homes and shit like that, you can come here. Yeah, don't even get me started on that bullshit. Anyway. Yes, it rained. Jay Rose almost died. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of near deaths with that fire pit and the exposed metal. The fire pit, the exposed battery, the tree. <laughs> um, the the, tr the the jeep that people were taking bumps on. Yep, yep, that was uh, interesting. Pinky Sanchez almost died. But I mean, in like a very Pinky Sanchez sort of way, where Pinky it's Sanchez like almost dies every show. Yes. <laughs> Personally, though, like I like it's okay. Let's go through the card. Let's talk about these matches because I do want to talk about Pinky Sanchez and how much I love Pinky Sanchez. Okay. So yeah, we just started off. I missed the first match because I thought it started like an hour later than it actually did. Yeah, the the start time for this was a little unclear. Yeah. So we start off with Pinky Sanchez and Darius Carter. Mm-hmm. And what I'm sure was a great match. It was. I <laughs> enjoyed the hell out of it. Like, it really does, like, it, it, okay. So this match was... A regular match right up until the ref was about to stop the match for counting them out. And then the crowd chanted enough to make them turn it into a um a a death match, basically. Oh really? Yes. The crowd had a lot of control of this. The crowd show. had a lot of control over this show because they are all MV's partners. That that's fair. You know, you kinda of pull your uh you kind of pull your weight in that one. Mm -hmm. So if I remember correctly, they're also working as the bell for most of it. <laughs> yes, I, yes, yes, yes. They were acting as the bell because for the first like four or five matches, the bell was not there or not working. Yeah, something was up with it. So people would actually count down three, two, two one, one, fight. fight. Yes. <laughs> um. After after the bell showed up or started working or whatever. To start the matches, because people were really into the three-two-one fight. Um, the ref would say, "Ring the crowd." Yep, <laughs> which was amazing. <laughs> so yeah, when the when the bell showed up, they let the audience still do the intros, which is awesome. But then the bell was used for the end, right? So 
that's really cool. I've never been to an event that did that. I kind of am a little bit jealous that I wasn't at this one to do that. <laughs> right. It's like one of those things where I can't wait to be able to go to wrestling shows again. Yeah. Or when shows can actually tour a little bit. Mm -hmm. When it's not just a crap house backyard in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I, I did see that Envy uh, Young was uh, taking offers for other places to hold events. Mm -hmm. And I looked, I looked at my backyard, it's like, I probably have enough room. My neighbor was called the cops in five minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I don't want to deal with that. I bet there's parks, stuff like that, that you could probably... There's a lot of wrestling things that need to be thought through that people don't think through before they start looking at booking a wrestling show, huh? Oh, yeah. Not least of which is, how are you paying these people? Yep. <laughs> how, how are you compensating everybody for their time? Not just the wrestlers. The commentators. The ring crews. The ref. The camera. The camera people. The merch sales people. The food people. The medics. I too make yeah, no, the medics point. are important. Keep your medics happy. Um, what else do you want to... Who else did you have to compensate? Um, I assume you have to pay for the space. Oh yeah, usually there's some kind of compensation for that unless you work at something else out. I, it's your own place, mm -hmm. or you fix it up as part of the deal. Or you, say, host the event in your massive backyard and it's the world's worst wrestling pay-per-view on purpose. Or you find a giant abandoned farm field in the middle of Iowa and you hold a three-day deathmatch tournament. You talking about the Josh fight? No, I'm talking about uh, Tournament of Death. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> the Josh fight was one day. And in Nebraska. Yes. Also, shout out to Little Josh. You did great. Yeah, Little Josh, king of the Josh fight. <laughs> um, but so we've gone completely off track. I just realized. <laughs> what? What? We had Pinky Sanchez, Darius Carter. Who was up next? Ziki Haim and. Give me a second here. Janai Kai. Right, that was for the um that was for the number one contendership for the Rise belt. Yeah, the Rise Championship. Which held by Commander Sterling. Yes. Long may they reign. No. Fuck no. <laughs> Kick their ass. Yes. So uh Ziggy went over in that match and it was a really good fight. Oh like, yeah. In effect, it was the championship match, right? Like, yeah. James Stephanie Sterling is not one to hold a belt for all that long. Um, no. <laughs> they have started working though, and they're doing a very good job with it. Mm-hmm. I really look forward to seeing what they can do in the future. Yeah. I hope it's like a good good outlet for them and everything like that and they enjoy they continue to enjoy it yep so who was after biggie the girl from another place we had edith surreal 
and Eel O'Neal. Oh God, that was a that was a tough match. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I don't think I. Okay, this is this is just me talking off the top of my head. But I don't know that even Surreal can continue to put on so many like phenomenal matches back to back to back like this without slowing down at some point. But I hope she I mean, doesn't. She's currently injured, so. What's oh? I I must have missed that injury. When did she get injured? Um, last weekend, I believe. Yeah, it's taken her out of the GCW show tomorrow. Hey. Or was it GCW? Was it was beyond tomorrow? Yeah. Was it tomorrow? Edith Surreal is out of a show because of injury. <laughs> I'm just gonna stick to that. It's just like the amount of incredible matches she's put on. Like, okay, mm -hmm. it, we've started because we actually planned for the Markies this year instead of coming up with it last minute. How many of her matches are in the Markies' contention for match of the year? Um, good question. Keep talking while I pull it up. Because I think it's more than one, but I'm not 100%. Regardless, it's just, like, just thinking about all of the matches she's had recently. Match she had um, at the LeapFrog event versus Masha Slamovich, where... Um, she got vodka in the eye, and then green misted Masha. Yeah, apparently Edith can do mist. Yeah. Hell, it, you learn something new every day. Yeah, there's a, I mean, it was a work of art at one point, right? <laughs> I, I assume that's where the pigment comes from. Probably. Um, so, the we've only got one Edith's oh. real match on here so far. Which, was so, it match versus Effie? Yes. <laughs> okay. Because I would also put her with um, what's this fuck? Ace Austin and MV at um, the big one, the twenty GCW yep. fight forever on there. Because that was that this was a, year. That was a banger of a match. Jeez. Like that, know, there's definitely that one. That there was her match with Lee Moriarty. Was her match? Yep. I like. <laughs> Okay, There's so a lot are of good we, stuff. Are we just going to add a category and pick best Edith's best match. match of the year? <laughs> and then the best match of the year is best non Edith surreal match of the year. Honestly, I'm okay with this. Okay. <laughs> uh, are we still going to do a category for best multi man match? Probably. So non-tag team multi-man match type deals. Yeah. Say Tornado no. Cybernetico's or um Stadium Stampede. Stadium or... Stampedes or Um Blood and Guts matches or um Battle Royals. Yep. Or we should probably honestly just work on the categories we want to or... do at some point. <laughs> Sorry. One second, I gotta get away from my mic. War games! Yeah, you know, war games, it's kind of more of a spot fest, but, you know, they still throw their everything into it. Yeah. So, they've all been great. I just had to do the regal impression there. I know. 
I can't say you can't say board games without doing that at least once. It's true. Oh, and no, definitely not Survivor Series because War Games is explicitly NXT, and NXT is the only watchable WWE product. SmackDown is getting better, but it's not quite up to where I want to follow it. Regardless, we're not watching WWE for myriad reasons, not the least of which yeah. is them fa firing the Iconics. Yep. After breaking them up and then not figuring out what to do with them. Yep. That's egregious. The Iconics are incredible. We're going to break up this tag team. Now what do we do with them? I don't know. Put them in tag teams. Uh oh. So anyway, <laughs> we have more Polyam Cult party to talk about because we also have to get to this week's Dynamite, Blood and Guts. Um, a couple of other things. Oh, the um Independent Wrestling Championship. Yep. So I just got one other thing I want to throw in here is that Edith actually took a question over of if she minds seeing older merch. Mm-hmm. Because still like with Apricots and Pears. And I really liked her answer in that she said, no, keep wearing it. It's still a part of my history, and I love seeing it. Right. Just because you choose to... Re it's... In, in this case... Hi, Erica. Welcome. In this case, like, it's, it's, like, it's definitely less of, like, a dead name thing, right? Yeah. This is definitely just a character. Well, not just. It it is a character progression. Right. It's it, in the same way that, like, you know, I'm sure there are, say, former WWE guys who don't mind seeing old merch. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's still, it's a part of your history. And, you know, it means someone's been paying attention to you for a while. Right. It's not, it's nowhere near the same as, like, seeing your former name on someone's yeah. shirt. Which would just be weird. Yeah, no. I mean, like, <laughs> it's the, the, the one, I guess the, the main exception that I would make for something like that is if there was a trans performer who you still had merch from before they transitioned. And I think, yeah. you know, going from and, and it was like a, a, a like a, a lady name and then a man name or a man name and a lady. Yeah. yeah, I think there's like because at the time she was already on like feminizing HRT and everything like that, the they them period of her career is still like, you know, it's an acknowledgement of a chosen identity. Mm -hmm. So it's still, you know, it, it's. You get what I mean, right? I get what you mean. I'm just letting you go. <laughs> it's okay. different than dead naming is what I'm getting at. Yes. Yeah, no, I wouldn't wear Stardust merch. I don't want Cody to deck me. Okay. Mm, no, it's Cody. I'm pretty no. sure he's he's a Trump voter. I don't want him to punch me. He doesn't get that honor. Hangman. Hangman. Hangman is too innocent for that. Hangman wouldn't punch. <laughs> okay, moving along with this. We had Colin Delaney, who I don't see near enough mm -hmm. everywhere. 
taking on CPA, also known as Nick Stop, who is now a lawyer of some kind. <laughs> okay, Aaron, his name is CPA. He's an accountant. Was, was he an accountant or a lawyer? I couldn't remember. An accountant. That's what CPA okay. stands for. Certified Public Accountant. Or, or if you're in the UK, Chartered Public Accountant. Ooh, fancy. Also Canada, I assume, because you guys have the same laws, I think. We have a lot of the same one. I'm pretty sure it's chartered up here. Emma's whispering that it is. Okay. Thanks for the confirmation. This show took place in Pittsburgh, though, so it is certified. Anyway. Anyway. CPA. Aaron, I'm going to be honest, I don't remember this match. <laughs> this one had them fighting outside a lot. I'm pretty sure it had some involvement from uh, Commander Sterling's group. I think. No, I that was the end of uh, Ziggy Hyam's match. That definitely did. But they just kept kind of showing up. Yeah, the they, there was like a running story going. There were a couple of running storylines through the show. Which, like, I, one of the things that I appreciate about what they do with the polyam cult parties. And, like, actually, you know what? Um, Billy Dixon does this a lot with his booking, too. I guess Cape Leapfrog. There's a lot of indie shows where it's just people show up, people wrestle. There's not like a through line. Yeah. Basically, if you have your gear and people know that you're okay to work with, you can probably get on the card at some point. Whereas, There's probably like, a scramble or something they can throw you in. Yeah. And I mean, there was a scramble at this show that they threw people in, but... <laughs> the The way that, like... There is still through line to this show. There's still like the Camp League Frog shows all have like a little story arc each show, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of like really unique storytelling that happens in a story that's told over one wrestling event, you know? Okay, yeah. And I, I appreciate that. It it is very efficient storytelling. Where you can fit a, a good chunk of a feud into three or four hours. Right. And like, it's not. It, it's interesting because it's a way of telling a story that, like, relies on the story being in the background until it needs to be in the foreground. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Definitely. You know, like, normally when you're telling a story, the story is the main focus, but it's like, in this, the story is the secondary focus until it needs to be the main focus. And that's like a, a, a neat kind of way to do things with storytelling. So anyway, mm -hmm. let's rush through the rest of this card so we're not talking about this the rest <laughs> of the night. We've already been okay. going for half an hour. There was a scramble match with Danny Moe, Ryan Zane, Eddie McQueen, Sean Phoenix, Aspen the Mermaid, Jet Jagori... Delightful Dan, the goddamn Candyman, Matt Awesome, Matt Burnside, Mikey Banker, and Sandra Moon. So, highlights from this. Jet Jagori and Eddie McQueen, where Eddie took a pin in exchange for a Prada bag. Mm -hmm. um, I personally love that vibe from Jet Jagori. Like, mm -hmm. very good character. 
very good character work. It, very fun. Very, like, on brand for the Polyam cult party shows. Oh, yeah. It, it they worked so well. It was great. I loved to see Especially it. Especially considering, laughed. like, it, it, it was a good laugh break, and it was a good way to break up an otherwise very, like, knockdown, dragout kind of match. Yeah. You know, especially with a scramble like that. It it could take too long without little breaks like that. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, pl playing those can be pretty difficult because you don't want to go too fast. You don't want to go too slow. Right. And you don't want to make it a... You know, you've got to space out the laughs or, like, the the the, the um, comedy breaks, as it were. Or... You just make a twink gauntlet and say, fuck it, everyone get in there. Yes. But there's a difference between a, like, joke kind of scramble. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's a bunch of twinks fighting Paro. <laughs> yeah. Or the clusterfuck. That's what I was really thinking of. The, yeah, the clusterfuck was also a clusterfuck. So there's, like, a lot of... There's a little... There's different ways to book those matches to make them work for your show mm -hmm. i think the way this was booked worked for the show yep i have the hiccups <laughs> so after that we had boom harden versus jared evans well we just go through the card here yeah please because okay. i i will note wins that i want to remark on okay you're just gonna try and fix these hiccups yeah we had mr grim taking on chase holiday that was a great big mad match that was a Big meaty men slapping meat. If you have oh, a yeah. chance to check that match out, please do because you will enjoy a lot of very quick moving big men. Oh yeah, Mr. Grimm, you might remember from showing up on AEW Dark one time to take on Wardlow. Yes, and a... just as good as he was there. Absolutely, it, it was. I, I I enjoy watching Mr. Grimm because his whole like. Hitman for hire gimmick for me really works in a way that is like kind of a little bit like I'll do anything for a quick buck, but like without yep. it being desperate, you know? It's it's kind of like the APA, same kind of vibe. Right, he's like a fixer. You know, yeah. he's the guy you he's your back man. He's the guy you call in when you need something done because you know it'll get done. Mm-hmm. Sorry, no, I'm just realizing that I'm using a lot of terms that might be heard more frequently. I keep hitting my mic. Terms that might be more frequently heard in, say, New Jersey than other places. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we have a good following in New Jersey. We don't. Nobody I know IRL watches any of my content. Ah, they don't know what they're missing out on. They don't. But the most of the people I know in Jersey are straight, so it's fine. Uh, that's fair. We had Xavier Faraday taking on Yoya. This is where Xavier Faraday finally dropped the old Chikara gimmick and redubbed himself Athran Amada. Which is probably an anime reference of some sort. Likely. It's Athran no. Amada. Like not not to be too glib about it, but it's is that there's definitely an anime reference in there somewhere. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. 
I'm sure we could fight if we lost. Yeah, that was very cool to see Xavier finally go like full blown full heel. heel turn. Yeah, on his own. Yeah, and, you know, just kind of doing his thing. After that, we had facade, Picade. facade, facade. Don't die, Miles. Jaden the Unbelievable and Josh Fuller in a four way match, mm -hmm. where they. Tried to kill each other. Yep, that's... I'm pretty sure a tree was involved in that one. Yes, it was. They did a tree spot. <laughs> Tried to stab at the other side with a tree branch. Mm -hmm. For the wrestler's lab title, we had MV Young taking on Jody the Wrestler. This was the mid-show, like... This was the mid-show, um, what do you call it? Um, headline match? Yeah, this is your uh, secondary main event. Thank you. Yep. I can never and, uh, remember main event. And our Polyam King kind of whipped Jody's ass. Jody put up a very good fight, but like, it was a lot of ass whipping because yep. it's like Jody is Jody came in a different wrestler than the last time he wrestled MV. Definitely, he's had a lot of growth since then. But he also does kind of look like a mumble rap version of. Uh, Twitch's, or I guess he's not on Twitch anymore, a mobile rap version of Ninja, the streamer. Yep, no, he does. <laughs> like, I, I, <laughs> um, if you go through Jody's Twitter, you'll find Jody retweeted when I said that. <laughs> oh, gosh. We had a lot of fun tweeting during that one, actually. Yeah, we did. I got a shout out on the commentary state, comment commentation station <laughs> yes you did so we have a sterling rules match which is basically sterling can do whatever they want yes had commander sterling with david lawless and mr grim taking on kimberly spirit who um as far as i've heard since then is the person training commander sterling oh I didn't hear that. Cool. Which is why they work together. Yeah. That makes total sense. We had... This is... So that was going into the break, I believe. No. Yes, it was. Right. No, because we have Lee Moriarty and, and Charles Mason next, and it rained through the entire match, and then they took a break after that to try and wait for it to die off. Right, right. That's when J-Rose almost got killed by the uh, Transformer. Yep. It was... Look, there's a there's a risk to holding outdoor shows like that. Mm -hmm. A surprising number of them we don't see get rained out, so it's bound to happen eventually, right? Um, no, it was Starscream. I'm surprised. Because you said a transformer almost killed him. Oh God. Uh, I should have. Yeah, I should have expected that actually. After that, we got our first look at Alley Catch. Oh. Taking on Molly McCoy in probably one of our highlights of the whole day. <laughs> yeah, no, watching Allie Catch beat up Molly McCoy, I was like, man, I wish I was Molly right now. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, and they're working in a wet ring, so they're not going full, but like, they're going. 
they're, they're double checking mm-hmm. their footing, but but they went pretty hard at that. Yeah, that was it was brutal. Yeah, that that was our first look at at the new alley catch after turning on Warhorse a week prior. Pretty sure it was about a week prior. Mm-hmm. So you you get what uh, you get what you promised. <laughs> this is not a gimmick wrestler anymore. <laughs> Except the gimmick is being a wrestler. The gimmick is. Mm. <laughs> oh, we're going layers here. Um, so sorry, I did just check Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, not to derail us, but uh, apparently, Further? apparently, New Jack has passed away. Oh, jeez. I do recall him being explicitly pretty homophobic and disowning his gay son, so like... Yeah, no, it, I, know, I don't... Fucking... I still don't want to see people die. No, but like, especially a little at... bit good riddance. Yeah, no. Uh, at the same time, his kid was at this show and was way more popular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so, so for his story, New Jack decided to have a lip with Envy over Twitter, so Envy booked his kid. Yup. <laughs> Envy booked New Jack's drag queen child. Yep. And it was pretty fucking good, considering, like, it wasn't lip sync drag, it was actually sung drag, which... Uh, yeah, you want to look up Washington Heights? Yes. Will also be at the next Paris is Burning, I believe. Paris is Bumping. Paris is Burning is the movie. Oh my. Yep. No, I keep. Yep. Paris is Bumping, which will also have MV Young on it. So that would be a lot of fun. I just like following MV, really. I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. After Ali Catch and Molly McCoy, we had Creature Feature made up of Adriel Noctis and Lazarus taking on. The Brothers of Digestion. I th- Hot Dog Starks as the Bundertaker. I think I and- left for this after Molly yep. versus Allie, so these are matches I did not watch. Yeah, Hot Dog Starks as the Bundertaker and Pancakes as Kane. Pancane. <laughs> Pancane. It was a thing. Yeah, it was a thing. Yeah. Um, had Big Calyx with Argus and Pancakes taking on the bird. Because because of the weather situation, people were basically allowed to pull out of matches and whatnot if they didn't feel safe, safe in doing it, which, yeah, makes sense. So the bird was a fill-in for Calyx's opponent. Mm-hmm. But and we finished it off. Oh. Yeah, no, no, it's like, you know, I, I get wanting to make sure you're okay. Sorry, in chat, I just linked uh, Washington Heights' Instagram where she's posted pictures from Polyam Cult Party, including yeah. a really good picture with Alec Catch. Nice. And yeah, we finished off with the Rise Grand Championship. Mm-hmm. David Lawless with Commander Sterling and Mr. Grimm taking on Ziggy Haim. Which saw our girl Siggy Ham win the Rise Grand Championship. Hey. It was a great match. 
it really pulled on your heartstrings because there's a few times where you think like she just can't kick out anymore mm -hmm. and then it just keeps going and oh it's so good i loved it oh it's one of the things about ziggy Haim is that like you never expect her to be able to hang and she hangs yep. and then she hangs and then she hangs and you're like are are you okay are, are you you look like you're about to die <laughs> and she still keeps going. Yeah, no, she, she's this tiny little woman, and she goes as hard as anyone else. Mm -hmm. So cool. So yeah, that was our wrap up of Polyam Cult Party Three. I loved it. I loved watching it with the Polycule we have. <laughs> it was nice. I figured that was the most appropriate way to do it. That it was. To just generally talk about. Alley catch in general, but like I think we've kind of covered that. Um, so yeah, unless we want to talk about, um, uh, yeah, Brad, Impact. you should definitely watch Ziggy. Impact, what's going on with them? How we ended up with Kenny three belts, four belts. Kenny Omega technically has three titles, but four belts, <laughs> right? So he's got. The AEW Championship. He's got the Triple A uh, Mega Championship. He's got the Impact World Heavyweight Champion title, which comes mm -hmm. with two belts, the Impact belt and the TNA belt. You guys Moose introduced the TNA belt again last year because mm -hmm. he wanted a belt. Yep. It's, it's a little bit weird. Then Moose and Rich Swan had a match where Swan won both belts. Mm-hmm. And so Kenny kicked his ass for both belts. Yep. And now um, it was it was a fun match. It it went back about how you would expect when the booking thus far has been burying impact in favor of Kenny Omega. Yeah, they haven't done a whole lot. They've they've been balancing it out more with the Good Brothers. Yeah, but like and... the Good Brothers, who really cares if they lose? I mean, it brings Finn Juice into the picture. Right, which, which is good. makes things good and interesting. Also, this week, uh, fucking Impact had El Fantasmo. Yeah, El Fantasmo from New Japan has moved over and is making regular appearances now on Impact. Mm -hmm. In fact, already uh, won a chance at the X Division title, currently held by Josh Alexander. Because there's so many fucking Canadians in this company. Yep. <laughs> I'm okay with it. But like it's 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 pretty funny. But like there's a lot of there's a lot of bullet club in the US right now. Now there is one thing I've noticed from the last couple of weeks watching Impact mm -hmm. is that Kenny and the Good Brothers and Don, they uh they aren't talking to El Fantasma. They're not going up to a real bullet club member. Possibly because they got burned by the last one? Yeah. I just, like, thinking... I keep thinking about Don Callis's little, like, little jumpy cheers when Kenny won the Impact title. <laughs> He's like, yeah, 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 <laughs> In his stupid overcoat. <laughs> and his too much bronzer. Oh my god, uh, the... Don Callis is playing this character to perfection. Mm -hmm. 
that's just how Kenta is. I mean, yeah, that is how Kenta is. But like, Kenta told Kenny right to his face just to fuck off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he wasn't there for him. Mm -hmm. Speaking of that match, though, we should probably also talk about Moxley's match. Oh, from this week. Yeah. Where we had more New Japan alumni in Yuji Nagata. For yeah, Yuji Nagata is like what that like second or third generation of New Japan that's like still work. He, I, he, Yuji Nagata said that he wants to work until he's seventy. Yep, he's not far off. <laughs> he's what like fifty six. Yes, somewhere in their mid to late fifties. Let's 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 look it up. <laughs> Justice Grandpa, as opposed to Murder Grandpa. Yuji Nagata yeah. was born in nineteen sixty eight, making him fifty three years old. Oh wow. Okay. Not as old as I thought, but... He debuted in wrestling in 1992. Oh, yeah. Him and Minoru Suzuki, mm -hmm. a.k.a. Murder Grandpa, <laughs> had quite a feud last year. Yeah. And a few times before. So, so it's like, that's what you're getting from Yuji Nagata is just another hard-ass Japanese wrestler. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not going to be easy. No, and like... <laughs> That's the thing with Japanese wrestling that's slightly different from, like, American wrestling, is that they work very stiff over there. Oh yeah, the strong style is not something for everyone to work. <laughs> no. No. You need a lot of, uh, a lot of tendon work, a lot of joint work. You gotta stiffen up your neck. <laughs> now, I, it's, we're getting there. It's almost at the point where we are ready for John Moxley to drop that title. It's just He's one person who needs to make the trip across the ocean. One person. The one man that John Moxley fears. Oh, Kat, you don't mean. I do. You can't. No, that. They cannot air that. That would be. Would it be too brutal for television? TNT would not sanction this. Doesn't need to be on TNT then. It could be a pay-per-view. Oh, no. It could be a New Japan, whatever their weekly show is. Strong? I think NWA so. NWA Power and JPW Strong. Yes. <laughs> I always get those confused. There's plenty of places for him to show up. Oh, no. Cat. I... Moxley has to go on parental leave. He can't do that from a... From a stretcher. Can't he? I mean, he'd probably find a way he's John Moxley, yeah. but... <laughs> but... Okay, so let's, let's stop beating around the bush. Because... As much as I respect Mox, I know he is deathly afraid of Toru Yano. His only loss in New Japan. Mm-hmm. Yano versus Mox on Josh Barnett's <laughs> blood sport. <laughs> Oh my god, Toriyano is one of my favorite wrestlers. <laughs> He's great. <laughs> like, for all that I appreciate of Colt Cabana, mm -hmm. I appreciate in different ways for Toriyano. Toriyano's match versus Colt Cabana is an all-time classic. Mm -hmm. Yano and Colt Cabana are basically the same age. Yeah? No? <laughs> so, yeah, like, it's just... I think, like, they both do it, they both do that gimmick really well. Oh yeah, they both have an understanding of what they're doing. 
and what reaction it will get. But I kind of like Toriano a little better. That's fair. He's just, he's just cool. <laughs> Cold Cabana, not cool. Confirmed here. I don't want people to think that I'm saying something mean, but like, <laughs> there have been throughout history very few cool Jews. We're just not a cool people. Okay, that's fair. I, I don't think I'm able to. You're not able that. to say that. Nope. <laughs> so uh, I cannot challenge you on this. Like all the love and respect to Colt because he is an innovator and an incredibly important part of what makes indie wrestling good today. Oh yeah. I mean, like, okay, let's 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 talk about this. We're gonna pull a. Rhett and Link here. Let's talk about that. I just want to, like, take a moment to reflect on the way that indie wrestling has evolved into a legitimate career option for a lot of people, specifically because of guys like Colt Cabana. Yeah, you know, 10, 15 years ago, guys like Colt Cabana, like the Bucks, Kevin Steen, who busted their ass not only on the, on the uh, territories, but brought everyone along with them right it's like the, these guys who understand that a rising tide in indie wrestling will help them as much as it helps everyone else mm -hmm. this like modern understanding counter to the like paradigm that wwe has put forward which is everything happens through us or nothing happens at all Yep. There's like zero sum mentality that is part of the conservative death cult and also part of Vince McMahon's thinking. Which is the same thing. Yes. Uh, Vince McMahon's thinking makes a little bit less logical sense. <laughs> which is saying something. <laughs> Ugh, okay. But like this idea that like making indie wrestling good mm -hmm. helps you it helps the rest of the people on the indies. It helps, like, wrestling in general. And, like, the more that wrestling in general is helped, the more that you're helped. The more wrestling fans there are out there, the more merch sales you have. The more opportunities you have to sell stuff. Like, at the end of the day, good wrestling is good for wrestling. Yep. Regardless of where it is. Yeah, whether it's I mean, in front of a stadium audience, whether it's in someone's backyard. Or, like, a public park or something like that. Yep. <laughs> like, it, it, the, the idea is that, like, building an industry with more wrestling fans means more people can... More people want to watch wrestling. Accessibility is a big thing with that, too. Like having IWTV there to watch indie shows. Having a reasonable way to live stream indie shows is huge for independent wrestling. You're not having yes. to buy DVDs anymore. You're not having to, like, hike out to shows. You can just watch it from home. Which is really great in a time of a pandemic mm -hmm. where there's even a back catalog you can go through and get caught up on. Right, you can see these years of story. You don't have to tape trade. If there's only if only there was a way you could try out IWTV. Well, if you look at the comment above yours, Erica. 
Sosa's Media is partnered with IWTV. If you use the code Sosa's Media, you get a five-day free trial. Just follow that link to IWTV.live slash go slash Sosa's Media. Use the code Sosa's Media at checkout for five free days of independent wrestling. And honestly, later on, I'm going to tell you a reason why you want to use that when we get to that. So, yeah, we got sidetracked, but Toriyano versus Mox would be a match that I want to see. Oh, yeah, totally. It'd be a very good uh, rematch. Yes, it would. I can especially imagine Eddie on the outside yelling into the ring, what the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Mox acting terrified, and Eddie's like... Speaking of Mox... Speaking of Mox. Mox got new entrance music this week. Yeah, he did. <laughs> In the new tradition of Tony Khan buying people copywritten songs. Yep. John Moxie came out to Wild Thing. Interesting choice. I don't think it matches. No. I think Born to be Wild might have been a little bit better, but uh eh, I also been... liked his other theme song so yeah no it it feels too low tempo for moxley yeah like it started playing and i got really confused like yeah. is someone going to interrupt this now no it's very odd like pixies for orange cassidy makes sense this does not one more thing i do want to like how much do you think they're spending on the license for wild thing because it can't be cheap. No. Imagine if they put probably... that money towards their women's division. You know what? Not even that. You've put money into your women's division. You have amazing talent. Just give them time. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to skip over Blood and Guts real quick so I can complain about AEW's women's division. Aaron, this week on Dynamite, how long of a time segment was women's wrestling given? I think it was two and a half minutes. It was 90 seconds. I counted the entrances. The entrances <laughs> don't count. There was 90 <laughs> seconds of women's wrestling this week. Ugh. And this is after the shows that were pulled by women's wrestling. Mm-hmm. So let's, talk, let's, let's, let's talk about this a little bit more. Because there's a lot of very talented women in AEW. Mm-hmm. And they're just not given space to perform. Mm-hmm. Impact has a better-looking women's division. Impact uses their women's division. Not as well as they were a while ago. No. But, like, it's also the pandemic. Yeah, they're focusing more on the Knockouts tag division right now. But Honestly, they, they still like, have a storyline going on with, um... I can't remember her name, because I only saw her last. They do have a storyline going on in the singles division, and they have a bigger storyline going on in the tag division with Jordan Grace and Fire and Flavor. It's also whatever is happening with Susan and Kimberly. Yep. And then Rosemary is just everywhere at the start of the show. Rosemary is just harassing people like like peak and good quality Rosemary should be her showing up, scaring people and then leaving. Yes. But yeah, the the talent pool that AEW has of, you know, let's start at the top then. Sheeta, Britt Baker, Tay Conti, 
who came out of seemingly nowhere after having no assigned future from WWE. Mm-hmm. You know, Big Swole coming off her... Crohn's. Crohn's flare-up last year. Still looks great. You introduced Red Velvet and Jade Cargill and gave them two amazing matches. You could have given them a lot more time. Mm-hmm. You've got Leva Bates not doing anything. Literally nothing. Andy Darling you've... doing nothing. Statlander. Yeah, Butlander's doing stuff now, though. Yeah, Statlander's with... Uh, Butlander with is friend. beating up John Silver. Nyla Rose. Anna is injured right now, so can't really right. count her. Uh, when she comes back, I would definitely add her to this list, because we know she's great. Diamante, we don't have Eva Lee same or whatever. Bunny. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to run out of names now, because now we get into, like, Dark and Dark Elevation. Where every got, Joshi like, wrestler. Every, uh, it's hard to get a hold of them. No, but isn't, like, um, Mizunami still there? Yep, Mizunami still there and had a match last week with Abaddon. Abaddon, too. There's only... I, I prefer that they continue to use Abaddon sparingly. Yeah, that's fair. But then you get over to the other show. You've got Julia Hart. You've got Killian King. <laughs> You've got... There's so... Yeah, no. It, it, it's, it's rough out there. And I just... I don't see it changing. Yeah. We had a good push a month ago with the Lights Out match. With the Mizunami stuff with Sheeta, and it just didn't go anywhere. It stalled. Mm-hmm. Uh, Serena Deep is currently NWA, but works in AEW. Same with Thunder Rosa, right? Or Thunder yeah. Rosa fully indie now? I think our contract with NWA expired. Uh, not sure. But, you know, if we want to go into NWA wrestlers, you know, Thunder Rosa, Allison K, <laughs> Marty Bell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've also, like, potentially got access to all of the Impact Women's Division. Yep. If they're willing to do crossovers and give up their title to an AEW wrestler, I assume they're also willing to let their women just do stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing another Rosemary and the Bunny feud. <laughs> really, Aaron? I would have never never assumed that you liked Demon X Bunny. Nope. No, not at all. I've got to put this back on my best sometime. <laughs> there's a lot. I'm let you talk, because i got to run out for a second. Yeah, so there's just a lot of women's wrestling that could be happening if AEW weren't fucking cowards. Tony Khan, I'm calling you the fuck out here and now. Erica, shut up. I'm doing a promo. Tony Khan, I'm calling you out. Do something with your women's division. You have billions of dollars. TV time every single week. Give us more than 90 seconds or you're a fucking coward. That's all I have to say about that. But I'll keep saying it until Aaron gets back because it's chicken shit. Like... Oh, we don't like we don't like intergender wrestling. Okay, do something with your women then. If you're not gonna let them wrestle the men, do something with them. I guarantee there's a bunch of women in there who could kick most of those men's asses. That doesn't matter because you're not gonna let that happen. 
do something with your women. Don't just make them eye candy for the fancy men in gimp suits or with fuckboy hair. That said, I do love Kip and Penelope, but fucking do something, you piece of shit coward. That's all I got to say about that. Welcome back, Aaron. Hi, what did I miss there? Jeez. Oh, I just cut a promo calling Tony Khan a coward. Ah, uh, that's fair. Because he doesn't let the women wrestle the men. Yeah, makes a lot of issues. Like, if we don't even need the, like... I mean, like, all of the good promos are on BTE anyway. Yep. Just put them on BTE. Put them on the road to shows. Stuff like that. Don't, you don't need to spend 20 minutes of BS promo time each. Each, each like, what, two hour episode? Yeah. Like, ugh. You've got so much depth of talent. There's the whole, like, trainee crop in the Nightmare Factory right now. that They don't have shit else to do. So what are they going to wrestle on? Dark? It's a two and a half hour fucking show every week i don't feel like watching dark i don't want to watch two and a half hours of squashes i will wait for botchamania to hear the funny thing that taz said and that's what i get out of dark yeah every once in a while there'd be a match on there that i have to see like loser must there was win. yeah loser must win uh tay conti versus Killian King this past week where King got folded in half. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I needed to see that. And I mean like, like at Dark Evolution or whatever it's called is also it's fine. I personally don't get a ton of enjoyment out of listening to Tony Schiavone and um, the big show talk about wrestling because it's not the same chemistry as Taz they and don't do a very Good job of the play-by-play. -play. Yeah. I like the way that... Sorry, I'm gonna rustle a little bit more. I got two blues, baby! Jackpot! Um, I like the way that... <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw some Sour Patch Kids to Emma. I like the way that I can learn moves and, like, names from X-Cal. And history. He has so much history to he share. Has so much knowledge. And I like the way... That Taz has evolved into this, like, Costello. This what? A Costello character. Okay, Costello. I heard Hostello. <laughs> no, no, like, like he plays... He's... Excalibur and Taz play a classic, like, double act, basically. Excalibur's mm -hmm. the straight man, Taz is the funny man. It's, it's like Abbott and Costello... Yeah, all of those classic comedy duos, at least classic American comedy duos, because the Japanese double act is a whole other thing. Yeah. I could go on. I know you can. For a really long time about the Japanese double act. You have. <laughs> oh, real quick. I was saying Excal just doesn't give two shits, so he and Taz just riff. Kind of. When they start out an episode of Dark, they are paying attention to the matches. By the time the later ones come on, it's two in the morning for them. Yeah, they're like... <laughs> they're done. Yeah. Tell us Brian Cage's Shakespeare character. God 
damn it. Right. Legit Layla Hirsch. Mm-hmm. That's another woman that they have not done anything with. If they're gonna start doing intergender stables, lean into it. Get rid of whoever Hoodie Boy is from Team Taz and replace him with Layla Hirsch. That's Taz's kid. Get rid of him anyway. <laughs> I was actually seeing today, I think it was today or yesterday, talk of with Jade Cargill's current thing going on where managers are pitching to her mm -hmm. to try and hire them, where she would be a really good fit for Team Taz. She's got that real, real cocky and can back it up attitude. Right. That Taz does, and not as jokingly as Ricky does. So, and... like, I think Jade Cargill is too good for Team Taz. I completely agree, but I think it'd be the best fit. Right. So my idea is that Jade Cargill shops for a stable, gets all of those, like, you know, freebies and neat little offers that stables try to give to attract her because she's very good, keeps all of it, and then just keeps going solo. Yep. That is oh, my God. ideal booking for that. <laughs> And then she has to deal with Fallout because everyone's angry at her. And you have Jade Cargill blazing a path through the women's division on her way oh, to the yeah. championship. Yeah, like, she's still new, but oh my god. She has the confidence to, to push herself in the ring. Mm -hmm. Which is really cool. But you did just remind me of another thing I saw a while ago. Was... Serpentico on Twitter doing something. Nyla Rose saying it sounded interesting. And then Luther jumping in with Serpentico, gift basket now! Because <laughs> they're going to try and recruit Nyla with a gift basket. <laughs> I want to know where that went if Nyla ever got that gift basket. I. I have grown to appreciate Luther and Serpentico mm -hmm. in a way that I didn't think I would. Yeah, no, they are... They're very funny. And Luther has a YouTube show about ghosts and cryptids and stuff. Wait, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I gotta watch that now. It's a bunch of wrestler stories, too. We can watch it later. Okay. <laughs> a Chaos Project gift basket. What would the Chaos Project gift basket have in it? A severed hand. A bunch of stuff that could be misinterpreted over a phone while ordering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that checks out. So they say tulips and get, like, those wax lips. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Luther forgets the word for cake and says that he wants to get sweet bread. And then they get sweet breads. <laughs> Tell me it's not plausible. Serpentico accidentally gets a scent in John Cruz's name and refuses to accept it. <laughs> oh my god. There's a third. I love I love seeing them over Twitter and in videos and stuff and at ringside. Mm -hmm. And on the occasion when I catch them in the ring, they're very, very different. They stand out. Yes, I like the way that Luther throws Serpentico as a weapon. Exactly. No one else is doing that right now. Um, 
Okay, so let's let's quickly circle around to this week's dynamite because a lot happened this week. Okay. Yeah. Because we've got forty five minutes and we will get sidetracked, so I want to make this the new topic. We will probably not have time to talk about blood and guts. Important things from blood and guts: Orange Cassidy versus Kenny Omega, happening at Double or Nothing. Orange Cassidy versus. Okay. Yes, they had that match between Orange Cassidy and Pac for who would face Kenny at double or nothing. Mm -hmm. And it ended up in a double count out. Right. Like a ten, 10 count in the ring, which haven't seen that in a while, actually. And I think that might have partly been, from what I understand, because they had to call an audible because OC was injured. Okay, so the original finish of the match was going to be the double finish. Mm -hmm. It was always going to be a triple threat at double or nothing. How they got to there had to change on the fly. Right. They because... did a good job of that, though. Oh, yeah. Orange got injured. They tried to clear it up. Like, you see it for a few minutes where he's rolling to the outside. Aubrey's checking on him. Pax pumping himself up, getting angry and whatnot. And then they send out Callus and Kenny hits pack with the belt so they just stay down mm -hmm. and then they announce that it's going to be a triple threat so it's like they cleaned it up really well couldn't have asked for much better than that no you really couldn't um nope. so that's coming up uh what else happened this week i don't i don't know that there's too much i know mox had his title match oh we had a few title matches on this one actually you know oh, we had really? mox we had Mox with the U.S. title. We had Darby Allen and Miro with the TNT title in what was a relief in that Darby finally lost. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he got thrown around by Miro. It started looking like Cody and Brody Lee for a bit there. Right, which, like, you know, <laughs> good legacy to live up to. No, if you're, if you're going to look like anything, look like that. But it's not a bad comparison. And I... we had the Young Bucks and SCU in a title match. Right. And SCU still operating under the stipulation. If they lose, they break up. Because Christopher Daniels is really old and probably wants to retire. Or at least retire from in-ring work. He's got a lot of important stuff to do in the back. Seeing him show up on Sammy's vlog and stuff, <laughs> he works his butt off in the back. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, always the one in Gorilla. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, CD does a lot. Yeah. And yeah, that's great. He's a veteran with a lot of experience, you know, on TV shows, on indie shows, doing pay-per-views, traveling. So that's the kind of person you want helping. <laughs> And AEW's really good at pulling those guys in and getting them those jobs. Yeah, and it's a good way to, like, give him an out. Like, uh, Brad has said, I'm about done. He said, I'm about done. Frankie has years left in him. Yep. Let Kaz keep working. Oh, yeah, and uh, Frankie Kazarian is an amazing, mm -hmm. amazing singles worker. Like, just go back to his match with Christian a few weeks ago. You'll see that. Exactly. So you've got, like, a very good opportunity for SEU. Yeah, Aitsu has said Christopher Daniels is AEW's William Regal. I don't disagree. That's not a bad comparison, no. Other than but... the very distinctly different gimmicks. <laughs> <laughs> but to get to that point, they have to lose. 
You don't really try to lose a title match. No, but who better to lose to than the Young Bucks, huh? Uh, just about anyone at this greatest point. Greatest tag team in the world. The greatest tag I mean, team how are in we, the world. How are we defining greatest here? Um, greatest annoying? Most, uh, no, by, by the price of their shoes. Oh! <laughs> by how so much their shoe wear knockoffs. No, they only wore the knockoffs the one time that I know of. The Dior Jordans are like $12,000 shoes. A pair, yeah. A pa yeah, it's like absurd. I would never pay... Th I. That's more money than I would spend on a down payment for a car. That's just about what my car cost. <laughs> <laughs> so, like... But, yeah, anyway. Uh, they put on an incredible match. Oh, yeah. Like, if SCU loses this match, they just hung it all out there. There was nothing left to nothing do or give. Left. I mean, like, there was that spot where CD's been beat up the entire match. Like, he was mm -hmm. down on the ground for a while while Kaz got that shit kicked out of him by the Bucks. Mm -hmm. He comes back, he, like, tries to stave off defeat for a little while. He... Goes up for a best moonsault ever, and he slips. Yeah. And he gets back up and goes for it again, and gets it the second time. And it's like, just, I, I don't know if that was a, like a shoot thing or a work thing. I'm going to assume it's worked. Because... I honestly think it was, because he was a little bit far away from the ropes to be jumping. Yeah, no, like the intention was definitely to show that like, He's gassed. He's struggling. He's given it every single ounce of mm -hmm. effort that he has. And he's going to find that little bit extra. Mm -hmm. But that little bit extra just isn't enough for these new young bucks. Yeah, no, the, the, the younger guys, you know, top of their game, really pushing through everything right now. It's like, yeah, no, God, it was so good. It was so good. It was, it was. <laughs> heartbreaking and wonderful and, and bloody bloody which i enjoyed it's just like you've <laughs> gotta you've really gotta give them a lot of credit for putting on such an incredible match at like oh yeah oh god the fake i'm sorry i love you super kick <laughs> yep <laughs> oh my which god they said they were gonna do they in the said BT they were gonna do it and they did it and they were such little shits about it mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I love, I love you. you. <laughs> oh man. No, it it was a wonderfully put together match. You know, SEU did end up losing, so they they split up. Saren's gonna do his own thing now. But you know, e even after that, like a lot of people were thinking Kaz would go heel and turn on Daniels after the match. And it's like, no, that they they had their moment in the ring, they hugged it out, and I think that was split. a good that was a better way to end SCU. Yeah, no, if, I, I if don't. If Kaz goes heel and turns on CD, then there's a reason for CD to keep wrestling. Yeah, no, like, and I don't want to see friends throw away a decades old friendship because of a loss at Some the end of one of their careers. Kids and expensive ass sneaks and. Yeah, no, I I want to Tassels. see 
I want to see them be stronger than that together, so... It's like the old commercials that we used to get in New Jersey. Stronger than the storm. <laughs> okay. there, there's a really... This was right after Sandy. And there was a okay. really shitty song that went along with it. It's like, you still see people in Jersey with stronger than the storm magnets on the back of their car. Oh, and it's like, God. buddy, buddy, it's been years. There's an advertising campaign to promote tourism to New Jersey in 2013. Portrayed the state as being resilient, having recovered from the impact and aftermath of Hurricane Sandy. Now, I will that note that Hurricane Sandy was the second year in a row that we did not have a typical trick-or-treating Halloween. Mm. Because it hit, like, right around Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I remember we got a few, a few bad rainstorms around that time, too. It just fucking crushed us. Oh, God, they still have Ivan stuff? <laughs> oh, jeez. But yeah, like it made landfall in Jersey as a hurricane still. Yeah. And then it became a post-tropical depression, but it was a hurricane when it hit Jersey. Mm -hmm. And, like, I remember, sorry not to make this the Hurricane Sandy Power Hour, but it was looking for the number one pizza in the U.S. <laughs> um, yeah, so Erica and... Erica had a conversation on our PolyAm server where they talked about where, where there was an article linked about the best pizza in the US. I think Ohio was number nine. Skeptical yep. of that. Uh, but Jersey was number one. So, you know. Best I pizza told them to delete it before you saw it. The country. Because you're never going to shut up about it now. No. We're number one. Better than New York. But that's and, their big claim to fame. Yeah, well, it sucks to be in New York because their pizza's not good. But, and I guess it's better than the casserole from Chicago, too. Yes, but well, Toronto wasn't on the list because it was the U.S. Was the U.S. And the best in Toronto would have been a Apocalypse now. A Apocalypse, I wouldn't call... Detroit pizza is very good. I don't like St. Louis pizza. It's it's not pizza. I obviously haven't pizza traveled enough. Detroit pizza is hella good. St. Louis pizza, for some reason, is cut into squares. Oh, yeah, we get that up here, too. Why? You know, you, you order the party tray, and it's just too big. No, it's a round pizza cut into squares. It's not like a grandma pizza or a Sicilian. Oh, that's weird. Don't do that. It's like a regular, round, thin-crust pizza that uses provolone. And it's cut into squares. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, no, no, there's like a, there's a lot of, we could do a pizza show, too. Yeah, no, we could do a lot of shows. What if we just, Maybe we just need a food show. We just need like a, like a prestige podcast. Okay, so what I need everyone to do is get your friends and your friends' friends to listen to us so we can make some money off of this. And then we can start the bullshit. <laughs> Right, so if we make enough money to, if we start making enough money to afford to do this full time, 
We can make things like the podcast that Eric and I were talking about this morning, the Apple Genus Bar, where we talk about different varieties of apples at great length. You've it's... been talking about that for a year. I've been talking about that for more than a year, Eric. I've been talking about I that know. for multiple years. The Apple Genus Bar is my greatest idea. And we it will an never have an episode called the Apple episode <laughs> because of this. Like, it could be such a phenomenal podcast. A bunch of vegans opining on various cheeses on pizza. I wasn't a vegan always. I understand what these things are. I was. No, you weren't. You... I turned. I was one of those vegans I... that eats meat and drinks milk. Like a werewolf or a vampire. Which one? Take your pick. Or I guess, like, maybe a shapeshifter... Or a ghoul. Wait, like a what? vampire. I... Like a vampire, I turned you. I am your vegan sire. I mean, it's not that hard to do when I realize, oh god, my stomach doesn't hurt after every meal. Just like... <laughs> just like that one... Um, just like that one... Uh, b -b -b that one random guy online for the cinnamon snail food truck in Red Bank in... 2014 is my vegan sire. Fair enough. Everyone has a vegan sire. Like, you figure it out eventually. For the weird militant people, it's usually Gary Yurovsky, but, like, don't watch him because he sucks. Okay. <laughs> He's, like, very aggressive about mm. his veganism and, like, yeah. Erica, I will become your vegan sire eventually. You can pretend it's not working, but it's working. It's slowly working. We see what you order now. Yeah, you ordered, like, vegetarian stuff. It'll happen. It'll happen. Before you know it, you'll be like, oh, well, I kind of want barbecue. What if I make jackfruit? What if I just eat a block of tofu? What if I just put a block of tofu in some Oh my god, Emma, I forgot to make the carrot locks. I ate a block of tofu and soy sauce last night as a snack while I was on Gamer Green. I know. I'm telling the listeners. But I know. I know you know. Anyway. Anyway, we had wrestling to talk about still. Did we? What else do we have to talk about? Uh, right, we have a new IWTV champion again. That's right. Good night, Erica. Say good night. Okay, Taco, do you want to do the rest of the show right here? Oh, put me down. Get me away from your bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. yeah. Yeah, so, new independent wrestling champion. Yeah, we had a match last week on Beyond's Project Reality Show. Mm-hmm. Of Wheeler Yuta challenging Lee Moriarty. The match went 52 minutes. Holy shit. I did not know it went for that long. Yeah, no, I, I, I timed it out. It went for 52 minutes and it was. Oh, how can I even put this? Do you remember when I recommended Bret Hart versus Owen Hart from yes. WrestleMania 10? Yes. How I talked about that being like very much a technical masterpiece. Mm -hmm. This Yuta and Moriarty is an updated version of that. 
for the 2021 indie scene. Oh, yeah, that it's, sounds incredible. No. It was an amazing display of technical wrestling and character and like even a little bit of hardcore thrown in there when they, they spill out of the ring. It's it's an amazing match. Um what other uh who do you think they have come become the next kind of wrestling champion? Now oh, that... I couldn't even say right now. Because like I feel like Wheeler Yuta's probably not gonna hold it for that long, right? Uh maybe Boomer Hatfield if he pins him in the middle of a gym with pancakes as the ref. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be Boomer. Boomer hasn't had the same kind of like that, that, that was a video I just saw on Twitter I, I before know. we hit live. I love Boomer so much, but he just like he doesn't have the same push that the rest, like a bunch of the rest of the Chikara kids have gotten. If I was gonna make a serious estimate, like right now, right in front of everyone, maybe Alley Cat. That would be good. That would be good. Like Alley Cat, do you think she wins or loses her match against Janella? She has to win. Oh, yeah, by the way, there's a GCW show tomorrow night, uh, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> yeah, we're going to stay up and watch that. No, I, I, I'll i buy it. I'll watch it Sunday. <laughs> yeah, like, Emma might be able to because Emma's on night shift starting on Sunday. Does Emma want to watch a hardcore show? Emma, do you want to watch a GCW show on, on, uh, on tomorrow night? Emma's in gamer mode. Emma's not going to answer. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. Xavier, I don't think Xavier Perry's going to hold that title, at least not next. I'm going to go ahead and put out a suggestion that a good champion for independent wrestling right now is going to be Edith Sorrell. Yeah, I can see Edith working her way up there. Uh, I... Trisha Dora, maybe. Mm -hmm. I can definitely see Trisha Dora. Yeah. Uh, Lady Frost would be good, but, like, I think there's something a little bit more, not to, like, I mean, like, okay, so let's, let's look at who's had the IWTV championship, because there's only been one woman who's had it. Chris Butlander. Butlander. <laughs> who won it from Orange Cassidy and then dropped it to Orange Cassidy. Mm -hmm. So, like, just, like, there's something special about the idea that the independent wrestling champion is a trans woman oh yeah totally and i hope I that she does i, I know she's going to like be champion at some point yeah if she doesn't get signed somewhere first yes that's the thing <laughs> that's the race really i'm wondering if she's the kind of person who doesn't want to get signed because like okay so like let's 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 break this down real quick right in Surreal will beat the shit out of anyone. Yeah. If she gets signed sign with up? a big company, she's thrown into the women's division. Yeah. And the women's division, frankly, can kind of suck in most places. Mm hmm Like, unless you're looking, like, over to Japan, where... But then you have to be a trans woman in Japan. Yeah. Which, and that you know... shit ain't easy. Very doable. Nyla did it for a long time. Uh, we we've seen a couple Joshi wrestlers, Joshi wrestlers, right. <laughs> who are. But yeah, no, it, it's not 
not the easiest path to pick. Right. So the question is, do you want to continue being able to wrestle like you do now and have these like barn burner matches, mm-hmm. or do you want to go to a contracted women's division yeah and it's the it's the same way that like someone like effie chooses not to be anything but an indie wrestler yeah because he knows he gets to do what he wants he gets to make a bigger difference to wrestling in indie wrestling and he can set his own rates there Mm -hmm. you know and he's a big enough draw where people will pay it exactly um because at the end of the day, it's like everyone's got to pay bills. Everyone's got to, everyone's got to pay for gas. Everyone's got to pay for food. So if the right contract amount comes around, you know, people you might not expect will end up signing. Right. Like you know, it, the idea is that the idea of like you know, basically everyone's got to make their bread somehow, right? Mm-hmm. You know, some people have their sourdough starter some people buy commercial yeast indie wrestling is using your own sourdough starter yep buying commercial yeast is uh is signing with one of the big companies that was mostly to serve as a reminder for emma to be their sourdough starter (laughs) so (laughs) we've got pizza i've got gamer green to smoke have we talked about everything we wanted to talk about other than your recommendation I think we have. My recommendation is just use the five-day free trial at IWTV and watch Wheeler and Moriarty. You know, set an hour aside for it and just sit and enjoy it. Get yourself some Gamer Green if it's legal in your dur- jurisdiction and just experience. Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea? Twisted the weapon of choice against bigots. Oh, that's right. <laughs> twisted tea is the weapon of choice against bigots. Get yourself some twisted tea, maybe. But I anyway, think that's that's all about for us this that's week. about all for us. Okay. Um. So, hey Emma, do you want to come do the outro with me? So everyone, thank you all very much for watching. Erin, Emma, thank you for sticking around. Thank you everyone again for watching. I bid you all adieu and say. Be gay. Bang. There's the cross stitch thing. Okay, I love you all. Bye. Marking Out With My Girlfriend is a production of Sosa's Media. Check us out at sosces.ca. Music has been provided by Sounds Like an Earful. Hello, everyone. Welcome. I am live from a brand new location. It looks so different. Right? It's It's like, first of all, everyone here has been saying sorry and a boot. And I don't get it. Also, the money is plastic. Also, Emma just walked by. Kat, I'm going to call some bullshit there. I don't think you've touched money yet. Actually, I have. <laughs> Actually, Erin, I two have weeks? hemorrhoids.
I'm sorry, that's a Vine reference. I don't actually have hemorrhoids. My ass is immaculate. Um, yeah, I know it is. <laughs> a, mm. No, I've touched money because we had to pay cash for weed. <laughs>